It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Opal, Drogheda to Dork and Cavan. Discover the all-new Opal Mocha, featuring Opal's iconic new signature visor, stunning Opal Pure Panel, and a choice of petrol, diesel, or fully electric. The new Opal Mocha is less normal, more Mocha. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. I'm giving up this weather forecast in Lark. I've just looked out on the way in here. Don't you be putting your thumbs up me like that and stop laughing. Come on, talk to me then if you're going to slag me about it. What's happened? Where has the sun gone? You I, I, swore to me yes. the other day. I did. You I swear at her too. I swear at her too. And yeah. hotter and hotter. And that it will be absolutely basking on Friday. <laughs> freezing. Well, it's not freezing. But I anyway. I'm here with the Oh, look, look, I'm looking at the temperature. Le- look, my arms look. are purple. 20 on Sunday, 21 Monday, oh, 22 yeah. on Tuesday. Look, I'm just looking at the RT yeah. weather forecast here in the studio. Uh, Listen, at least your dress got an outing for one day. <laughs> so <laughs> you aired it. You aired it, so to speak. And anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm giving up this. La- it, it, you see, the way the weather, sure, a little island and the Atlantic's out there and you, they can't really tell at times. And if you're a little bit more south today, you're in the sunshine. We're just a bit unfortunate here in the northeast. But folks, don't despair. It is going to be nice over the coming days. It really that is. That 21 degrees on Monday, is that in Spain? No, Ireland. Mm. Era, era, era for, 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 for older uh, folk. We'll yeah, come back to It's you happening. Monday. OK, I'm, I'm going to just <laughs> once more stake my reputation and put it on the line. You're welcome to Late Lunch this Friday afternoon. And there is a lady standing by to have a chat with us. She's a brilliant journalist, broadcaster, mother and homemaker as well, which is very important in the context of our chat now. Sarah Carey, welcome back. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you? I'm really, really good. Well, Sarah, you can't escape this like the rest of us. Every time I look at a news bulletin, listen to our news bulletins here on LMFM radio, there's nothing but doom and gloom economically and woe betide the future. But you have seen another side to Ireland as well. Um, in terms of cost of living or in terms of um, oh, well, let's, life or yes well let me let me just point you in two directions um, uh, Kildare uh, a little village Kildare village and yes. uh, Dublin airport take it take it take those up for me will you right so Kildare village I was in Kerry there about two weekends ago at the women in media conference Jerry and on the way back I did my little pit stop in Kildare village it was a spilling rain Sunday afternoon one that we were promised was going to be lovely and I was absolutely shocked the place was jammers I mean it was so crowded Mm. it was uncomfortable to actually walk into shops now I did go into the shops and have a little peek around and I did a little bit of damage myself 
But what really struck me was that Kildare Village is often sold as a place where we've attracting lots of foreign buyers. We hear of lots of people coming down from Northern Ireland. Um, but this was ordinary Irish working class people that, you know, you'd see just as easily in Liffey Valley, you know, on mm. a regular day. And their bags were packed. They were spending an awful lot of money. Um, so that was one thing. And then the other thing, of course, that we've all noticed is, yeah, Dublin Airport. I mean, there's an awful lot of people going on holidays yep. and trying to leave the country. And those holidays are expensive, like airfares have gone up. I know a lot of people are working on vouchers postponed from last year and stuff like that. But it does show that there's money in the country. And the point is that this isn't just kind of my personal observation of anecdata. The um, economists will tell you that the statistics around what people have in cash in the banks is actually huge. I think the average personal saving for people is €75,000. Obviously, that there are when you when you use the word average, it means there could be somebody with three hundred thousand, and there could be somebody without a bean. Yes, and see if people without a bean. But there are an awful lot of people who have cash stacked up and saved from weren't able to spend it in the pandemic. Okay, yes. now so what does all this mean if you're in the government and you're trying to deal with the increase in the cost of living? Mm. So um, I think it means that we shouldn't do things that kind of throw money at everybody because everybody doesn't need the help. We should target any policies that we're going to do at those people who, you know, maybe are on welfare or are on very tight incomes and they need the help. Because if you throw money at everybody, all you're going to do is stimulate those parts of the economy that clearly don't need it Mm. and actually drive up prices because it raises wages and it gives some people even more money to spend than ever. So So in other words, you know, it really is a mixed story and if you stick to the one story, everyone's broke, you could lead yourself into doing stupid things that just make things worse. Yes, and and you are so right. The level of savings is unprecedented and it is because during COVID times, people really couldn't go anywhere or spend it. Holidays were off the agenda, etc, etc. Shops were closed down. But at at the same time, and you mentioned this to me when we were talking earlier in the week, and it's very important to point this out, and you you are pointing to it there when you say selective uh, assistance. A €5 note is very important to some people. Yes, it is. And it can make a real, real difference. And that's why I think target that five euro note at the person that needs it and don't give the five euro note to somebody who doesn't. So let me give you an example. Old age pensioners, you know, are often presented as being the people most at risk of poverty in Ireland, when in actual fact they're not. The people most at risk of poverty in Ireland, Jerry, are actually people with a disability. They have very low incomes. Um, uh, only about nine to 10% of pensioners are at risk of real poverty. So if you did something like giving every single pensioner via the OAP payment a fiver increase that'll make absolutely no difference to 90% of them it really really won't so can we find a way to find those people in the ninth 10% and give them 50 quid and then the people who don't need it not give them anything now it's tricky sometimes to do things like that but that's what I would do and that goes for stuff like the electricity bills instead of giving everybody yes. you know 200 quid on the electricity bill don't do that let's find the people 
people who actually need the money. That's the smart thing. And, and, and I couldn't agree with you more. And I said, and I'm not saying in a boastful way, I said it here, I, give give mine to somebody else, please, if you could. You know what I mean? Because somebody else needs it way, way more than me. Yeah, I mean, sure, I'll give you even another example. So in our house, we ran out of oil there at the end of April and May has been bloody freezing. And as you were saying at the mm. top of the show, the forecasts have been letting us down. And I'm a little girl, Jerry, as you might know, and I tend to feel the cold. So when I've been cold for the last month or so, I get my hot water bottle and up to bed I go. Now, that doesn't mean I'm poor. That doesn't mean I'm deprived. That doesn't mean I'm undergoing any hardship or anything like that. But there are people who can't afford heating for whom at particular times of the year and if they're sick or whatever, that is hardship. And mm. that is deprivation for them. So don't give me cheaper heating oil. I'd be okay. Find the person that really can't afford to heat their house and really needs their house heaters and give it to them. And, of course, uh, you know, this is uh, something that we have to face into all of us and it has to be dealt with. And it is the perfect storm coming together from COVID, uh, the war and the, the yeah. printing of money, as you know, they've printed billions. Yes. Yes, and now we're looking at interest rates possibly going up and that's going to put an even tighter squeeze on things. And then we've this weird thing in our Irish economy where demand is unprecedented. So the demand for services is really, really high. So the economists are looking and wonder, will an increase in interest rates and an increase in cost dampen down demand? Because, you know, the way like loads of service industries can't find enough workers, Mm. you know, will, if there's less demand, will that relieve the pressure on not being able to recruit staff? Personally, I think our population is increasing so much the demand won't ease off. People still need services. So, you know, it's going to be now tough and it's going to be interesting to see how the government responds, Jerry. It's, it's definitely a, a complex problem with a lot of moving parts. I just hope that they don't overreact and do stupid things that make it worse, which can happen, as you know. Yes, well, Sarah, we've lived through it in the past. The, the 80s, I'll never forget. We had the problems in the 90s, the Celtic Tiger crash as well. And what I would say is that uh, substantial bank of savings, you know, your mother and father and mine as well mind the rainy day money yes absolutely hold on to it and of course that's why people do have savings because they do remember how quickly I mean do you remember 2000 and 2008 one minute everything was grand and the next minute you know half the fathers in the country were having to go to the Middle East or whatever to get a, um, a job so so it is good to hang on to money especially in an environment when the economy doesn't need it Let's say we do go into a recession, okay? And let's say lots of people did lose their jobs. That's when you actually do need stimulus and you do need people to spend their money. Right now, we actually don't because the economy can't take the pressure yes. on it. Yes. So, um, so I'm still nervous and I'm still a bit scarred from the bad days and I'm still feeling a little bit guilty if I splurge too much, even though I have some cash savings there. So it's it's wait and see and, uh, and uh, see how we get on. Yes, and an interesting aside, I just uh, noticed this morning Tesco and I'd say they're reflective of the other major retailers as well are noticing already a big change in customer behaviour where people are now opting for the cheaper entry level own brand food Sarah yeah and that's never any harm now consumers are always 
very, very keenly watching prices. And you ask the manager of any supermarket and they'll tell you that somebody will go up the road to another shop if something is five cents cheaper. And I know myself from doing my shopping. I know exactly which products I get in which shop. So I might go to Tesco to get their own brand washing powder. And then I might go to Aldi to get the cheese and then pick something else up in Super Value because that's what I, you know. So I know exactly what the price of everything is in each shop but that's no harm you know like that keeps the retailers on their toes and they know they can't take their customers for granted and they have to keep down prices but don't worry is that often it's the producer ends up getting squeezed particularly farmers yes you know so so we've had a cheap food policy for 30 years really where food prices kept going down and down and down and down so milk was i pay we used to pay 149 for two liters of milk now it's 169 so that's an increase of 69 uh, 20 cents yes but that was below cost. Mm. That wasn't. That didn't cover the cost of producing the milk. And the farmer, you know, was the person who was having to actually take that squeeze a lot. I think we do have to accept that food prices should go up because how do you produce the chicken at five euro or even three euro? How do you produce food that cheap? Mm. It's not right. Mm. Quality no. is suffering. Food producers are suffering. We're importing it cheap. You know, we might have to accept that we do have to pay more for certain products. And yes. that's, that's the right thing to do. Absolutely. And as well, produce it here in this country, on this little uh, fertile island of ours as well. That's what yeah. we, we need to be looking at more and more. The other thing is, look, we've had to tighten the belt. I mentioned there a moment ago, uh, different uh, decades. And you know, you know what I'm getting at here. Today, you know what I mean? People just get everything they want immediately. Perhaps that has to change too. Yeah, the instant gratification. And I'm guilty of it myself when, you know, you used to have to save up for something and wait for it. Yeah. And now if you just buy it instantly on the credit card because mm. it's there. And you see what that feeds into is demand, demand, demand. You know, if we want all this stuff, the impact that has on the climate and on the environment is real. So, you know, if all this stuff has been made from China and being put into ships and sent here, all those air miles, all that plastic, I know you can't go back on an awful lot of things, but reducing our consumption of an awful lot of crap that we don't really need is something that we will have to accept, I think. Whether we do it or not now is another thing. I think what most people are actually hoping is that can we produce things? Can technology solve the problem? But even say stuff like our our iPhones and our smartphones, the batteries, uh, the the stuff that makes those batteries, I think it's lithium coming from mines in Africa, you know, that kids are probably working in. Like We really, really need to think about where our stuff is coming from and what's ethical to keep consuming and do we need to start recycling more reusing more and understanding that if something is broken you can just get it fixed and not get another one Mm. but that's a very hard thing and I'll tell you what Jerry politicians can't say that because if they say that they get eaten alive so do you remember there about only a month ago Sean O'Farrell suggested that people shop around well you'd think (laughs) what do you think he was saying the right thing and he then had to back down the next day and I wonder maybe if politicians got a bit braver and didn't say to people look this is a new world and we need to do things differently you know maybe that's a message that people really need to hear and not protest about yes and before I let you go the talks on pay broke up last night without agreement of course 
course, everybody wants a pay rise and, and feel they need it and it's justified. Where do you, you know, compromise or where is the compromise there? Because if there's no deal, we're heading, you can see it across the water in England with the railways, with everybody going on strike. Uh, it usually mirrors it over here. Are we heading as, as well now into a, a severe time of industrial unrest? I'm not sure. I saw that last night and to me it seems like a bit of choreography that they all okay. have to pretend yeah, to walk out in the hall. <laughs> I <laughs> hope <know>? you're right. <laughs> yes, so we'll see if they really, really mean it. To be honest, this isn't a cabinet that, you know, digs its heels in, sticks to a line. They do tend to buy their way out of problems, you know, and we have been able to borrow money easily, which is paying for all this. And I would fear that they would give in too easily. If I were them, I'd try and hold out for as long as possible because every single thing we know is that when you increase wages, all you do is make inflation worse. We know that. Mm. So you have to find other ways to solve the problem. I just love your logic. I wish you were in a position of power to bring it to the table where it really counts. But keep on chipping from where you are because that's the important thing. Reader tomorrow in the uh, Irish Independent and during the week too. She's simply brilliant. Thank you so much for joining me again. Thank you, Jerry, for having me. You're all so kind to me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Take care of yourself. That's our own Sarah Carey there uh, from Enfield and County Meath. And uh, amazing, isn't it, Louise, like talking to, to Sarah there and just to tell listeners... There she is. Like when you think of where we've come from in the world, right? In terms of communications and technology. She's sitting on a train mm-hmm. travelling along there. And you know Having what I mean? Her own late lunch on well, the train. We could hear pulling in a little bit in the background there. But you know what I'm saying? Isn't it amazing uh, the way things work no today? No hiding place from you, Jerry. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, no hiding place for poor Sarah either <laughs> as she, she goes about her, her daily business. We always appreciate her joining us and what she has to say. Thank you for your comments. Angela says, Jerry, is that woman for real? 75,000 and on the other hand, a five euro note to poor people. She was just making, and I was making actually the analogy, that a five or two and a half lot of people is crucial. And that has to be understood. But the savings, honestly, Angela, the savings, look it up in this country. The average savings in Ireland are substantial. But as Sarah says, that can be a huge amount on one hand and a smaller amount of savings on the other. And I think that's the point she was trying to get across there. Uh, thanks indeed for getting in touch with us. No point in giving extra money. We all know where it goes. Give them credit notes that can't be spent in the pub says another listener. Isn't that interesting? Uh, another one in here. Jerry has that lady tried to live on an OAP rate. How does she know what it's like for a pensioner to live on a pension? Says a pensioner to us. Uh, uh, look, we are saying that. We understand that. And I understand that. And Sarah does as well. But there are pensioners who are very comfortable too. you got to say that as well. That is a fact. Others struggling. And we know that. And that's the difficulty. And Sarah made the point. Let's target the uh, help to those who need it most. Your TV theme is on the way. Have a listen. Do you remember this one? It's a classic 086-1800-658 for a nice prize on late lunch today. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Yes, classic indeed. The name of the TV show, please, to 086-1800-658 with your name and details. I have a lovely prize here to send out to one of you today. Louise, you have a problem. Just shoot it by. I'm here to answer. I'm here to help. So are our listeners. What's up? I have a fizzy car. 
A what? I want to know how to clean my fizzy car. A fizzy car? Yeah. What do you mean? Well, you know the way uh, my kids just are like locusts with anything with sweets. So <laughs> I have a penchant for fizzy jellies, which I hide in the glove box. Um, so as I'm driving, you know, or whatever stopped, I, I have a few fizzy jellies, but the fizz falls all over the car and gets into the grooves around the gear stick. That's where my hoover won't get them. Have you a tongue in your head? No, it's right in... No! Get down there and lick that fizz out from between them cracks. Oh, that's disgusting. No! (laughs) That's my solution. I think that's a good solution, folks, isn't it? (laughs) You're not losing any of the fizz. Yeah, I'll give you the keys and you can go out there now and do it for me. (laughs) It's your fizz. I think you should keep it within the family there and get them all working on it. I'm just wondering... Will the hoover not? No, it won't. It won't get it. Doesn't get it up. You know, around the gear stick. Mm, I know what you're talking about. In there, in the grooves there. Any tips for this woman to help her out? She's a fizzy car. You know what she's talking about. The sweets, all the stuff has fallen off and it's gone into the little crevices and anything. How do you get it out? How Have you this difficulty yourselves, folks? Probably Listen not. to us today. No, <laughs> I'd say it's pretty unique to Miss Louise Verrett for sure. Thanks to everybody who's been in touch to sort out Louise's car for her. We'll come back to it a little later on in the show. You're great, honestly. She's a problem with sugar falling off her sweets in between the cracks in the car. And especially thank you to Sean and the crew in Mac Tires who are listening today what an offer you've made I'm sure she'll take you up on that we'll be back to it a little later on in the show my next guest will talk about a household name and someone who's loved the length and breadth of the country when I tell you that Marty Morrissey is taking over the North East he is folks next Thursday and Friday and we're going to tell you why because the man himself joins me on the line hello Marty Hello and good afternoon, Jerry. Thank you very I much. I don't know if I can solve Louise's car, but I'm willing to offer at least. <laughs> and I, is the problem. I know what you're willing to offer because I have to apologise on her behalf. She was so desperate to get hold of you. She had pillow talk with you in the middle of the <laughs> night, Marty. <laughs> Louise and myself have a very special relationship, oh, although I we know. haven't met. But I am looking forward to meeting her when I hit Drogheda next uh, Friday. So, yes. be aware. Yeah, poor Marty was asleep in bed in New York and our Louise rings him in the middle of the night. Oh, my God. She's still, she's blushing in there at the minute, I think, even me mentioned. But there you go. Anyway, you're such... <laughs> Marty, I have to say to you, it didn't take a feather out of you. And I want to begin by saying that. And Louise was probably telling you, even before you came on, and last week when they were telling, when we were telling them you were with us, the amount of messages we got to say... That man is just something else because people have met that. you and you're always amenable to engage with people, Marty. Ah, well, I suppose uh, to me, I'm not a uh, not, I'm nothing different to anybody else. Or uh, I suppose I just enjoy people and the fact that uh, people are pleasant and nice uh, to you and uh, they want to say hello to you and they want to maybe uh, have a selfie as it is uh, nowadays. So wouldn't that, isn't that the nicest thing in the world? Isn't that the greatest compliment in the world? Mm. Because, I mean, you know and I know from the business that we're in, and you put your head above the parapet, sometimes people say, God, this is a bit of a pain or whatever. Yes. But like to have that, um, I suppose, affection, I, I want to return it in, 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 in buckets uh, because this is, this is why I, I suppose, do, do my thing. Okay, my, my, I love sports, but I love people. I love uh, the laugh. I love the banter. I love the crack. And, I mean, life is short, so you may as well have a smile. Not by having a puss on. Yes. Because it's just, um, it's not worth the effort, to be perfectly honest. Mm. Because we all have our own troubles, and we all have our own worries and concerns, and hopes and dreams. And so, why, look, we try and be as positive as we possibly can. There are days now, let's be honest, when 
uh, you know, you get fed up of whatever it is and you're worried or whatever. But overall, I've always tried to put a positive perspective. But it's lovely to hear. Louise said it to me before we mm. went on air. And I'm, look, I'm really, really thankful for the, for the warm and, and loving response uh, people allow the need. So thank you. Ah, oh, listen, you're so nice. Especially mention you better say hello to Paddy Goodwin because he's a big fan of yours, Marty. Say hello to Paddy, will you, for hello, me? Hello, Paddy. How are you? And uh, thank you indeed for your friendship and support. And I look forward to meeting you. You've got to come <clears throat> to the TLT next Friday night. We're doing the Marty party only for the second time. We were in Wexford last night, Jerry. Yeah. And I have to say I was overwhelmed down there as well because, uh, and I'll explain the Marty party concept in a moment, but, you know, when you're doing something new, and people come out and support. We, 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 used to got, we got hundreds, actually. We, there, there's three layers of the Wexford Opera House. And last night, um, the three layers, or levels, I suppose is the right word, were open and um, fairly full. So I'm, I'm delighted. Uh, but, it's going uh, great. It is going great. And we're only doing two. The first one was in Wexford last night. And the second one is in TLT in Drada. And it's, it's to see if the concept is, is, is what it's all about. I suppose... We all had tough times uh, during during COVID, and uh, some of us indeed suffered uh, bereavement. But no, it wasn't COVID; mm. it was an accident. In my mother's case. Yes. But you begin to realise how how fragile life is, but how important it is to live every day. Because if you're planning for next year, the year after, or ten years time, as people did in the past, sometimes it just doesn't work out. So I just decided. I had this idea that, you know, if you could mix wonderful local talent mm. with maybe people that have a national profile and put it together in a variety show that people might come because it would be an opportunity for the artist to perform uh, on a stage. It's not the X Factor. It's not a competition. It's a joyous, um, uh, full of life uh, comp- uh, event where we put our arms around each other, uh, if not physically, but at least emotionally uh, and spiritually and say, hey, do you know what? We're just having a night out because because we deserve it, all of us, and to have a bit of fun and a bit of a bit of crack and great music, and that's what we're going to have. Please God on Friday night. Yes, and it is next Friday, and I have a pair of tickets. I've been giving them away all week to Marty Party, the Marty Party Variety Show at the TLT. And if you'd like them, please do just WhatsApp or text me now the word Marty to oh eight six eighteen hundred six five eight, and you could be going along next Friday night. The tickets are available from the TLT box office or online at the tlt.ie and it's going to be a sellout for sure. But listen, not alone TLT, the night before, the people at Kells have you to themselves. Yes, actually, yes, I, I absolutely. Good man, Jerry, I've forgotten that. But it's a great event, a very prestigious event. My first time is to do, obviously, I've been invited um, uh, down there. Ken Murray, uh, I, I know he works there in LM, LMFM, occasionally, yes. and indeed is, he's from that uh, school of broadcasting, uh, like I was in Clare FM. And Ken and myself have been passed for a long time. We're... He's going to interview me on stage in Kells yes. on Thursday night. And uh, it's connected up with the fact that I wrote my uh, autobiography, uh, our life story, during COVID. Mm. Um, and uh, it's, it's an opportunity, I suppose, to have share some of the stories and, uh, again, have a bit of crack. And I know this is very prestigious, and I'm deeply honoured because it was very funny, actually. I got off, and I can't think of his name, but I got off the, the plane in, in Kennedy, because I had to go to New York last Tuesday, and this gentleman came up to me, and he says, I'm on with you next Thursday night week. 
And I said, really, he's written several books as well. But he's living in the States, but he's coming back again. I know him. So I, I'll tell you who it is. Is it Michael Brunnock? Correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I just couldn't think of his name. Uh, so, we're, well, I'm really looking forward to this because it's something I don't normally do. I've never done it because I've only just written a book, I suppose, last year. So I'm looking forward to being in Kells as well. Yeah, the book, it's Marty, it's a great title. So that's Kells, folks, on, on Thursday, the Hinterland Festival. And again, uh, you'll find out all the info about it, info at hinterland.ie, the Book Market Cafe in Kells, and I'll give you the number in a few moments if you'd like to book tickets. It's a prestigious weekend in Kells, and Marty is part of the stellar lineup. Here, boy, it's great to be from the banner this weather, isn't it, when it comes to <laughs> hurling and football? Well, I tell you now, Jerry, the double is on. Dan <laughs> Maguire is going to go to care for the first time. And then I wake up eventually. <laughs> we've had a great run. Fantastic. Uh, you know, we've, we're, we're, we're doing well. Um, and I'm not saying we're going to beat Derry, but, you know, I think most people from other counties would have loved Clare in a quarter final because they would seem as a soft touch. But we have beaten Meath and we have beaten Roscommon. Mm. So I think that we've, we have a chance. The last thing we needed in that draw was to get Kerry because we're sick and tired of being beaten out the gate by Kerry. Yes. And we're neighbours and we're across the road and I think they expect us to bow down which we normally do unfortunately. But um, I think I'm not, Derry are a very good side them. Mm. We're the Ulster champions mm. and they really uh, have improved under Rory Gallagher. So Claire will be up against it, but I think we'll we'll, we'll rattle their cage. We'll, oh, we'll give it a trial. You will. And the hurlers are, are flying. It, oh, they are. Know, so. They are. Isn't this? I, I just see it emerging. Claire are now really emerging. You know, as the next potentially great side. You have a wonderful team. I've watched the games, and like they're still in there as well. Um, you must have great hope for the future that this uh, yeah. uh, team will will succeed and win in All Ireland. Yeah, I think they will actually, Jerry. I think they have a chance. I mean. In 2013, uh, when David Fitz was in charge, they came from nowhere. But nowhere in the sense that there was a feeling they were quite young because Clare had won several under-21 All-Irelands as they were at championships at the time. Um, three, four, four under-21. So there was, a, there was a foundation. So we still have, obviously, the magnificent Tony Kelly and David McInerney and a couple of more of that particular squad. But it's now nine years later. Mm. And there's a lot of young stars that have come up through the mine under-21 but were not successful. But Brian Lohan, to his great credit, has gelled them together. And there's now a cocktail of youth and experience. And they're playing like Lohan, as he's affectionately known in Clare. There's no such thing as a first name. It's Lohan, which has huge gravitas. Mm. If Lohan rings you, you know, you know that Lohan, the legend, is ringing you. It's rather it's strange in so many ways, but it's lovely. Yes. Uh, and he has uh, really designed his team in his mirror image, where it is first to the ball, it's shoulder to shoulder. It's old-style traditional hurling. But it's wonderful to watch. And mm. we, I, I can't tell you, as a Clareman, that we thought this was going to happen. We didn't. We thought, <laughs> we thought if we finished third yes. and get through, we might out of the group. We might, we might be well. But if we finish fourth, you know, we're, that, so be it. But they're just hurling with abandonment. Yeah. Although I would be concerned about tomorrow against Wexford. I think if we, if we get over Wexford, we, we might just make it to that All-Ireland final. Oh, I think you have a great chance. I really do. You know when you're commentating yourself and Claire are mm. playing, or even you're watching, you know what I mean? From the, But when you're in the thick of it as a commentator, it, 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 are you nervous for them? Yeah, I mean, it's funny how you have to disconnect yourself and forget. I mean, when you're on local radio, your audience is your, yes. your, your own crowd whether it be Louds Mead or in my case it would be Clare. But when you're doing it for a national audience, I have as many friends in Limerick or Cork or Tipperary or Louds as I would have at, at home. So you have to 
stand aside um, and, and stand on a neutral ground and you just talk about the game rather than you think of where they're from. Mm. Uh, and I know when I started first, I mean, I was emotional back uh, way back in 92 when Clare beat Kerry because I had played on Clare Minor on the 21 teams walloped by Kerry. I was supposed to be a sub-goalkeeper the day the, the Milton massacre happened when Kerry beat Clare nine goals, 21 points to one goal and nine. Ouch, and the, ouch. And the ever-optimistic, uh, that was the day Pat Spillane and all those lads went wild. Mm. And Mick O'Dwyer um, had, um, they were fighting for places, so there was no let-up. The only, it shows you the optimist that there is in Clare. Uh, we scored 1-9 in that year against Kerry, and that was the highest score that Kerry conceded on their way to the San Maguire. So that was the only bit of boastfulness that we could say that we scored more than anybody else. <laughs> Marty, you might be next on the Avonmore ad. You know the kids, I love it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, I love that too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great times. But on the hurling front, this Limerick side, they're, they're, oh, they're brilliant. brilliant, aren't they? Yeah, uh, They are brilliant, Jerry. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're big, tall, like I'm a small lad. And like when you stand up against Garrod Hegarty or Dermot Burns or indeed Declan Hannan or even worse still Kyle Hayes, you feel totally. Uh, it does a big shadow over me when Kyle Hayes stands over beside me. He's six foot seven, but it's the level of skill that they have, and they're, they're certainly fierce, nice lads. I've really great time for them. Uh, and but it's their hurling skill for big lads. I mean, the goal that Garrod Hegarty got against Clare in the Munster hurling time when he flicked it over the Clare defender's head grabbed it and rattled the back of that. Yes. That was just sensational. Magic, magic. Sensational. Oh, yeah. On the football front, you know, the Dubs had a difficult league. They're down to Division 2. They reneged their, or lost their crown, of course, uh, last time round. But they're there, aren't they? They're lurking the Dubs in the, in the long grass. Yeah, I think they're more than lurking, Jerry. I think they'll be the team to beat, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, mm. Everybody was talking about Kerry, Kerry, Kerry. Um and Kerry are there, but the, the way this thing is destined to be, it's going to be a Kerry-Dublin All-Ireland semi-final, and then whoever wins between Clare, Derry, Galway and Armagh in the other semi-final. Now, I like this Armagh team, by the way. I, I, I do think they might just... They, you never know. They just might pull it off. I love their long ball game. But if I was to put a, if I was to put a, a small euro on anybody at the moment, I think I'd be going... I, I think I'd be going with the Dubs, would you believe? Mm. Mm, I, I, think, I, think they, I think they just have that mixture that, that's needed and they have the experience. Yes, yes. So I think a lot of people are, are talking them up now and rightly so with Conor Callan coming back and others into the fray and they have the, the hunger again that year away and what happened in the league has probably driven them on. But it's going to be an intriguing conclusion. What do you make of the earlier season? Honestly, I don't like it at all. Um, I think that... I think it's a mistake. Uh, I think uh, we should... Uh, I'm not too sure of the split season. I understand it because of the club. To me, the All-Ireland Finals uh, should be anchored in September. Mm. And I think the county boards across the nation have to take responsibility for their teams. County managers have gotten way too much control. They have way too much power. And as a result, we're now in the situation that we're in. Uh, I do think maybe maybe I am old-fashioned, Jerry. But I remember like when I was playing, if you if you played well in your club championship you get a call-up from the county manager and it was so exciting. Now you don't get... There's no system because there's no club games. Yes. So if you don't get on the squad in October, November the previous year, you're, you're, you're not going to make it. Mm. You're not going to get a call-up. Mm. And I think that's sad in, in so many ways. And I know the club is the epicentre of our association. So I do believe that county boards, if they take control, um, reduce the managers, inter-county managers' power 
uh, and that we have, we can run both concurrently. Uh, and if the county boards can't do it, then the Crook Park needs to take control. So that on the second week of June, across the nation, there, or the second and third week of June, there are county championships being played in Loud or Clare or Wicklow or Donegal. And it's designated that those two weeks are county championship games. If, they, if the county boards can't do it themselves. So I think this, I just think about it, Jerry. The All-Ireland Hurling final is going to be on the 17th of July. Mm. The football final is going to be on the 24th of July. There are, there are games, uh, and we won't see inter-county action again on, on the national airwaves, whether it be TJ Carr or RT or indeed on Sky, until the following January, February. Mm. That, that can't be right as a marketing uh, strategy. And I know... So we're going to have, for instance, an awful lot of rugby on our screens from and indeed soccer. Not, yeah. And I love both games. I don't think for one moment I'm being yes. critical. Not at all. I love them. But <laughs> I suppose I'm a passionate GA man first. Mm. And I think I think it'll make a long winter for a lot of people. Uh, and uh, I just think that we need to review this quicker than what people are anticipating. I yes. think I allow this season to continue. But come August, September... But everybody sit around the table in the various counties and say, OK, we need to review this and, and look at what we have. And yeah. if we have to come up with a new um, uh, strategy, then so be it. Yes. Well said, Marty. And I'd say a lot of people echo your feelings. By God, have you wet the appetite for the Marty Party Variety Show Ooh. next Friday in Drogheda and Hinterland on Thursday in conversation with our own Ken Murray. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for Thanks, joining Jerry. me. And we have a great lineup, by the way, Friday night. We have Tommy Fleming is coming. Yep. And the Galway Tenors. And we have the Drogheda Male Voice Choir, the Drogheda Brass. We have Lisa Lamb. And you'll have a competition to win two flights to Future Ventura and hampers, and we just have a nice crack. And so please come along. Absolutely. It'll be a sellout, as I said. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Take care of yourself, Marty. Thank you for having me on. Not at all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Sir Marty Morrissey there in town in the northeast next Thursday and Friday. Time for your comedy on Friday on Late Lunch, and I simply love it. Yes, it's an extract from the US comedy Frasier. You may or may not know, Dr. Fraser Crane hosts his call-in psychiatry talk show on KACL Radio in Washington. The show, which also features his producer, Roz Doyle, is very popular. However, in this extract from the series, the show has been moved from prime time in the day to night time. In fact, late night. Frazier is really annoyed and must now also adjust his lifestyle, sleeping by day, working by night. He shares his apartment with his dad, Martin, and his carer, Daphne Moon, with his brother, Niles, also a frequent visitor. So let's join Frazier as he tries to get some daytime, should I? I am trying to get some sleep. I asked you to keep that dog quiet and instead you outfit him with a megaphone. (laughs) In the last 36 hours, I haven't had so much as a nap and I've got to be back at the station by 2 a.m. Eddie, listen carefully. By the time this day is up, one of us is going to sleep. Don't worry, Dr. Crane. I'll take Eddie for a walk. And as far as your problem at work goes, if you want my opinion... Don't! (laughs) I've had my share of women's opinions for the week between the station's new Reich's Chancellor and Roz's incessant whining. (laughs) 
far as I'm concerned, your entire sex can put a sock in it. Boy, you never let me get away with a comment like that. Even the best of us can get a bit cranky when we're overtired. All Dr. Cray needs right now is a little peace and quiet. Eddie! Damn it! <laughs> Morning, Daphne. Where are you off to? Oh, I'm taking Eddie for a walk. By yourself? Yes, of course. Why not? <laughs> it's dangerous out there. You never know when you might need... One of these. A starter's pistol? Oh, I don't think so, Dr. Cray, but thanks for the thought. How did she know it wasn't a real gun? Fooled the servants, even the ones who spent years fleeing hunters. You bought a starter's pistol? Yes. You see, as long as Maris thinks it's real, it makes her feel secure, but this way, no one can get hurt. <laughs> Morning, Fraser. Just getting up? Just getting up! <laughs> Are you out of your mind? A gun just went off in here. Niles bought a starter's pistol. And there's no need to get snippy. Accidents happen, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. Was I snippy? <laughs> I didn't realize it was too much to ask that there not be gunplay in my living room! <laughs> you know, Niles, you shouldn't have any kind of gun, really. Come to think of it, now that Mr. Sunshine's home during the day, maybe I shouldn't either. Just relax. Won't be long before my loyal fans protest. And the afternoon slot is once again home to the compassionate and lovable Dr. Fraser Crane. Now get the hell out, both of you. All right, maybe I can catch up to Daphne in the park. I'll cover you. <laughs> Simply brilliant, Frasier. One of the most, one of the funniest US comedy sitcoms. Really love it, and I love when the repeats are on. I watch it intensely. Anyway, yeah, we move on on late lunch because we thank you. Yes, our listeners. Louise, you have so many suggestions. What did you say your car was again? A fizzy car. Oh, fizzy car, yeah. yeah. I wasn't sure with sugar or fizzy. Her fizzy car. All the fizz um, from the jellies. John Conlon's been on to say, get a bunch of straws that'll fit into the end of your hoover, <laughs> tape them together and cut them that there's enough left to fit into the cracks and hoover away, <laughs> says John. Uh, cotton so buds. It's very technical. It's te- it's li- yeah, it's <laughs> a little bit technical. Straws and tape and that. But I get the idea. We do get the idea behind it, John. Thanks for getting in touch with us. Uh, damp cotton buds. Now, that's one that'll get into the cracks. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Yep. Somebody else says there lemon juice. Now lemon juice is a good cleaner of of many things. Oh. I think you'd need a toothbrush with the lemon juice. To be honest with you, oh, that's a good idea. Okay, yeah, because that that would get down get okay. down into it as well. And there are, there are more there besides people are fantastic. Uh, yeah, they are. Thanks a million. They really I'll are. Be fizzy busy <laughs> <over> the weekend. <laughs> but again, to Sean and the crew in Mac tires, he's willing. Oh yeah, I think I'll go. Up there. I think Sean is the man to go to. He'll <laughs> easy just, life, easy life. Just, but Sean, I better be, clean the rest of the car. Sean, first, Sean, have you a mask? And for your eyes and your mouth, Sean, have you both? You might just need those. No, no, you won't. You won't. Will he? Will he need those? Yes. He might. He just might. He just might. Anyway, I, I'll try my best to take up everything. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, Deirdre's been on to us. Hello, Deirdre, to say she met Mary, Marty Morrissey and uh, he's an absolute gentleman. And we have more messages like that as well. He is such a popular man, the length and breadth of the country. Up next on your late lunch. Oh, no, before I go to the break, I better tell you this. Uh, we have messages always to give you. The new Nifty 50 summer promotion kicks off. Our bingo promotion on Monday the 27th of June with great daily prizes. Next week's jackpot, just reminding you, €6,400. You can buy our book online, LMFA. M.ie for a radio bingo or from outlets across the North East. Phyllis English B and Bernie Kinsler are delighted they played bingo. They won €600 each. Nice girls, enjoy the spending with your cash. Or perhaps you listen to Sarah Carey and mine for a rainy day. Well, whatever you want to do, it's yours anyway. Make sure you have your book for next week's big, big jackpot. It'll be won by somebody. After the break, we told you the story a couple of weeks ago about the the fish that had the operation. Now, there's a fish in our next story, but it also involves a cat. You'll have to stay with us to find out what it's all about. We're heading to North County, Dublin now, and we've a couple of people to chat to. Let me say hello first to Kathleen Freel from Johnstown. Hello, Kathleen. Hello, how are you? It's lovely to talk to you. And lovely to chat to you too. Tell us about this very special cat. What's, is it a, a he or a she? It's he. His name is Lenny. And what age? He's 10. We have him since he was very, very small. Um, he's a three-legged cat. Yeah. And he had a, he, he, he got a very bad injury on his paw, his only front paw, in November. And um, this, this, is had, this is what's led to me talking to you now today. Okay. Um, he had a very bad injury, and I attended the Vestigenics in Balbriggan to try and sort out a way of healing the wound that had developed on the pad of his paw. Okay. And um, I was there for going every second or third day for bandage changes and ointment applied uh, to try and heal up the paw. But unfortunately, it didn't heal. It just wasn't healing. And uh, decisions were needed to be made whether we could continue on with the treatment or maybe Lenny would have to be put to sleep because he only had this one paw. And then it was suggested that uh, Emmy in Shanickson Scaries would help out with his recovery and maybe she'd want to tell the story now because it's it's all about her i know well look at it, it, it's about you too so a 10 year old cat part and parcel of the household oh, very much uh, yes very much part and parcel of the house very much so yes and you know got along fine on the single front paw on the back too adjusted no problem oh he did yeah he was born he, we we got him when he was very very small his mother had been killed on the road and he was found lying on top of her and he was only about the size of an iPhone, if even. He was tiny. Mm. And we took him in, and I thought he might have been hit by the car. He had a very kind of um, disjointed leg. It was very, like, folded over on itself, mm. the front leg. And I took him to the vet, thinking it was an injury from the car. And, well, it was un- the vet was unsure whether it was an injury or not, but gave him heavy pain relief and monitored the situation. But as time went on then, it was decided that the paw probably was, he was born that way. Yes. With some kind of a deformity in the paw. Okay. And it would have to, the leg would have to come off because the skin kept cracking and he was getting cellulitis. So at about maybe four or five months old, he got the paw off. And really, he's been fine up mm. then. He's uh, fully functioning. Good. Cat until this instance. Yes. And then. Yes. Was, and, uh, and, and you know, one paw is fine, but if the other had to go, I know you had an awful situation. Oh, uh, oh such a decision to be made. Let me bring in Emmy Capuro, who is clinical director and senior veterinary surgeon at Shenick Vets in Scaries. Emmy, hello. 
Hi, Barry. How are you? Thanks for having me. Not at all. This is one great story because the situation looked bleak. But tell us about it. When, when, when you saw saw Lenny, what was your own view of it? Yes, okay. First of all, when I saw Lenny, I seen also Kathleen being very, very upset about the whole situation. There was a lot of frustration around because Lenny had uh, this... Uh, a nasty injury. It was basically a growth, and the growth was ulcerated. And despite, despite the fact that it was, it was a benign injury, uh, there wasn't any uh, way out. You know, it was one bandage after another. Mm. We couldn't remove the the growth because we didn't have enough skin to stitch up. Lenny was so frustrated, and it was becoming nearly impossible to look after him without sedation. Uh, so, of course, yeah, uh, amputation wasn't, wasn't an option. So I, I just, I, I've been all my life, I had this incredible drive for studying and putting my brain into those challenging cases. So I just I asked Kathleen to give me a couple of days to put my brain into and come up with a solution. And that's when I decided to try with uh, codfish skin graft. Uh, so I put my head into all the bibliography that I had available. There is not a lot of study about this because uh, um, this is a relatively new technique which has been used uh, in Brazil in human medicine with a different type of fish. Uh, And in California, during the big California fire a few years ago, Mm. um, you know, to to just uh, literally for, uh, you know, like a, a burn, Yes, to, to deal with burns. So what you're talking about exactly. is the, the skin of a fish. And in this particular case, it was a cod you were looking for. Exactly. Uh, I, I choose a cod because we simply couldn't find the other type of fish. This has been done with a different fish called tilapia fish, which is popular in Brazil or in Egypt. Uh, but we couldn't have in Ireland. But I was looking again into my study, and I've seen that cod has got very similar properties. So it's very, very rich in collagen, type 1 and type 2. And those type of collagens uh, is really, really important in the healing process. So uh, Eleni became an incredible uh, story because it involved a lot of other people. Like immediately, I called a friend of mine, Eamon, who is a fisherman in Hoth. He's from Hoth and is very involved in the community. So I told him the story about Lenny. I told him what I intended to perform. So he actually, I remember, he was playing golf at that time and he dropped everything. And he literally, in a couple of hours, he had all old community and fishmen involved looking for a fresh cod to save Lenny's leg. Mm. So, yeah, so we got, a few hours later, we got this uh, uh, cod, which was fresh. Uh, and uh, that's that, that it. The rest is, uh, is a history. I, I <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, there was a lot involved because you had to anaesthetize the cat. Uh, he went under uh, anaesthetic, and you exactly. removed the you removed the benign growth, and then you you dressed it with the cod skin. Was that it then? Yes, I, I actually stitched. So it was a proper graft. I right. used uh, the skin cod, which obviously was treated accordingly to the guideline that I found available. Um, and I, I stitched a patch of uh, uh, cod skin on uh, on the wound where the tube, the, the growth was removed. Mm. Uh, 
and uh, and then you know like we put a bandage and uh, uh, about a week later we removed the bandage the skin, uh, the, the coat skin was very, very dry at that point. We took that off and there was an incredible amount of granulating, granulating tissue. So the wound shrank 50%. Uh, there was a scar tissue coming up and we just couldn't believe the results. Couldn't. Like you have to think, Jerry, when, when we deal with those wounds, is that a very, very slow, very slow recovery, especially when you don't have mm. uh, chances to stitch the skin back. Yes. So it can take up to six, seven weeks for a, for a wound like that to recover. And it takes a lot of maybe of acupuncture or laser therapy. While this was just phenomenal. So it's, uh, it's uh, fantastic, fantastic results. And, uh, what a story. What yeah, a story this is. And you're on to something here, really, that's pretty unique. Well, it's unique in this country, for sure. But there, uh, uh, there seems to be now uh, incredible potential with this because you're going to, you, I believe you're going to produce a paper on this now, are you? Yes, exactly. The paper is ready. Uh, we uh, passed this incredible story to other colleagues in the countryside. They tried the surgery and it worked really, really well. So we are putting together a publication which is nearly finished and we're going to, yeah, exactly, we're going to publish because these, there are not studies that these have been done before in in Europe. All the studies that we had so far, they are from Brazil or California, Mm. but nothing done in Europe so far. So it's an incredible uh, result, considering that code is such an available resource in in, in Ireland, you know. But it had to be be the freshest fresh code, and that's where the the guys in Holt came into play. And uh, remarkable to say, as you said, shorter time frame, less medication, and regeneration of the tissue and healing of the scar. Exactly, absolutely. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Stay there, let me go back to a very, very happy uh, cat lover and owner, Kathleen, a miracle. Oh, t- a total miracle. As Emmy has said there, I went through maybe about three months of going to the vet every second day for bandage changes and no improvement with the wound underneath. And Lenny was very just, very just not himself at all actually and in a lot of pain and discomfort and hated going in the car to the vest even before we got there Mm. and then um, the fish skin option came and within three weeks complete healing of the skin and back to normal jumping around the place as if nothing had ever happened (laughs) oh my oh my and to think that you were facing that decision and that dark day when you were thinking is it too much for the poor creature? Well, I, that's the, that was really where I was coming from, that he couldn't actually take... Eventually, we probably would have got to some kind of healing, mm. maybe six or seven months down the road. Yes. But I just felt I couldn't put the cat to any more of it. It was very distressing in the car, very distressing at the vets, as kind as they were, and they were so kind yeah. to me and to, to Lenny, I have to say, and so supportive. Um, it, it, it just was a very dire situation, and... To be honest with you, when the fish skin was mentioned, I don't think I really comprehended what was being said to me, to be honest. I was yes. grasping at, at someone who was willing to help. And I didn't know really about fish skin, what was going to happen, how it was going to work. And I handed Lenny over that day. Now, I knew I was handing him into good hands and he was going to be well treated. And But I wasn't too sure of what to expect. And um, as the process went on, when I was returning to get the fish skin changed and the dressings changed, it was very obvious that this really was the answer to a very difficult situation that we had to deal with. 
Mm. And um, it worked out so well in the end. Like less than three weeks, he was fully healed. Isn't that just amazing? And you're right, you would be sceptical, you know, and, and yet you're clutching at straws. You take anything because you wanted to keep them in your lives. This is just wonderful to hear. It really is. And something I never heard of of the past. And uh, yes, uh, when Emmy mentions there, sure, California with the fires, Brazil, but never in this neck of the woods. So when you go in for your cotton chips tonight, folks, remember Lenny. The cod saved them when you're enjoying your takeaway this evening. There's more to a cod than what you get in the chip or Emmy. Exactly, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well done to you, Emmy Capuro, and everybody at uh, Shenick Vets there in Skerries. It's a real fill-up for you there in the practice, I'm sure, and this is just a, a great news story to hear this afternoon. I thank you both for joining me to tell it and wish you well with Lenny. Uh, good luck to you all, Kathleen, and Emmy Capuro again. Brilliant, brilliant. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Jerry. Thank, Thank you both for joining me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There you have it. The skin of a cod. Magical properties. And as my dad used to say, there's more than one way to skin a cat. I love that song. The older I get, the more I appreciate it. Stuck in the middle with you, Steelers wheel. Clowns to the left of me, Louise. Jokers to the right, but I'm facing you. I'm facing you, not to my left (laughs) or my right. You're all right. You're in the perfect position there. Back to the cat. What a story with the cod skin. Amazing. Ah, listen. And I wonder how the cat didn't smell the fish. Hmm. They must have really put a. I'd say they probably had to kill that. Yes, they had to kill. You're right there because you'd be trying to get at it or whatever. But it shows you the medicinal properties and a paper now, you know, a paper being produced about this. But I think the real interesting part there for me is that the cod skin is full of collagen. Mm. I'll be putting it on my face. <laughs> you know the way people get collagen <gasps> injections. I can see the lips. <laughs> you ever see a cod's lips? <laughs> I never quite look that close. Don't to put it no. near your lips. When you well look at a cod until you see the lips. Just keep it here, Skin uh, up on the forehead, and here, yeah, on scales. But here's an interesting one for you. And I go back to my dad, Brendan, who was just uh, an amazing man, and he had his shed. Talk about men's shed. He had the shed long before you ever heard of it, and there was everything in it from a needle to an anchor. But you know what he had in that shed? Dried out, hanging up always. Eel skins. An eel skin. I used to catch the eels when I was fishing, and he'd love the eel to eat. Um, and when he'd get the eel, he'd take the skin off the eel, let it dry out, and if he had a sprain, sprain, oh, yeah. uh, and then the wrist is rehydrate the eel skin rehydrate it put yeah. it back it would rehydrate and wrap it round it tightly and it would deal with the sprain very quickly maybe it's something got to do with the collagen I don't know but there you are and that's not Eeling today properties. or yesterday the eel don't skin don't batter the fish because you might need it when you're battered exactly Exactly. But that's uh, something I remember from my childhood because I used to get eels from time to time. I wonder if anyone uses that now. You know, uh, eel skin oh, for, for sprains. Like, I don't know. Is it still widely? Oh, I'd say it's... The way things die out? Yeah, I'd say it's, it's long gone. I doubt if there anybody mightn't even know about it. But I just remember it today in the context of that wonderful story we, we had a few moments ago. But the eel skin was something he always... He'd always keep the skins. And he actually... People would come to him, you know what I mean, and talk about the shed and look for the eel skin if they had a sprain. And genuinely, it did work. So there you are, eel skins uh, and cod skins, amazing properties. Our 
TV theme. Let's have another listen. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Yes, it is the theme. Yeah, I, I did it twice today on the show, just for the crack. Frasier was the comedy and Frasier is the theme, the TV theme today. Yes, and thanks to everybody again who got it right. You're very smart, I have to say. Ken Reed, well done to you. Our special prize on Friday is going to you from Late Lunch. Enjoy and we'll bring you another theme and comedy on Friday of next week. Now we move on with my soundtrack this week and it's from the musical Tina Turner the musical. Did you know Tina is now 82 years young and she lives in Switzerland where she's resided since 1994 and in January of this year Tina and her husband Erin Back is her husband Erwin Back uh, is the man. They bought the most beautiful waterfront estate that overlooks Lake Zurich. Guess what it cost them? $76 million. A snip at the price. She's a Swiss citizen as well since 2013, having relinquished her US citizenship at the same time. She said goodbye to it. And that was the year, of course, she married uh, Erwin back as well. It was a big year for her. Uh, Tina's not enjoyed, I'm sorry to say, the best of health in later life. She suffered a stroke in 2016 and had to learn to walk again. She's battled and recovered from cancer and she endured kidney failure, needing dialysis. But But fortunately for her, her husband was a match and he donated a kidney which proved successful uh, in 2017. She's one tough cookie, I have to say, overcoming so much adversity right through her life. And no better tune to re- um, what would I say, to round off the week uh, with Tina the Musical than this one. Yes, she is simply the best. Ah, she's the best for sure. The biggest female rock star in the world. 82 years young, we wish her well. That concludes a week of Tina Turner. Tina the Musical playing in London if you're over there and on Broadway at the moment. Well worth checking out. And stay with us because it's well worth checking out David Sheehan, our Sunday sports presenter, because he's with me in studio today to look ahead to the weekend in sport. David Sheehan, welcome to your home on Sundays on a Friday. Thanks very much, Sherry. It's weird, weird being this side <laughs> of the is, desk. It is very strange indeed. I'm delighted to have you with me in studio today. Anyway, straight to business. League of Ireland back tonight and what a game at Oriel Park. First against second, Dundalk, Shamrock Rovers. A great opportunity for the Lily Whites to get back into this title race. Absolutely, and they've kind of crept up to second place. Four four wins in a row before the mid-season break. They probably wouldn't have wanted that break to come. But yeah, they can cut the gap to five points with a win tonight and they'll have a game in hand still. So, you know, it's uh, very much a, a title race there to be fought for if Dundalk can get the win tonight. Jack Byrne, Graham Burke, both doubtful for Shamrock Rovers. Obviously, Jack Byrne in particular would be a massive miss. If he wasn't playing, that would be a huge boost uh, for Dundalk. Daniel Kelly was named player of the month for May. 
May as well so he'll be going into that in, in good mood so as I said like they, they've won those four games before the break and they're really in good form at the minute um, two two game meetings between them so far this season a nil all at Oriel in March and then Rovers had a narrow one they'll win in April so don't expect there to be much between the sides tonight Dundalk have a clean bill of health pretty much I think Brian Gartland is maybe the only one that's that's doubtful but um, it's going to be a cracking atmosphere I'm, I'm sure it's a sellout I think I saw that earlier in the week the place is going to be absolutely heaving and what a game to restart the season uh, for Dundalk and uh, yeah I think I'm going to give them the the, the, the vote here maybe a 1-0 win but it's going to be a cracking game and if they win that they're buying in the title race yes 8 points between them at the minute they really do need to win it tonight and ask questions of Rovers as well and I think I, I go along with you I think the Dock will win win that big game and the other tonight. thing just on that as well Jerry, is Shamrock Rovers are going to have European games coming up of as course. well which, so you know yes. it's, it's a long way to go and the yeah, Dock are right in it if they win tonight they are now you're heading for Derry shortly uh, Derry City they've been before the break they, they welcomed the break because they were on an awful run really and on the other hand Drogheda were on a nice little run of four, four games but for Drogheda the goalkeeper and their centre half have gone back to Lincoln City yeah, Sam Long and Sean Rowan both come back and both of them have been influential so far this season but Sam Long in particular I mean he made some brilliant saves even that last game against Bohemians both hit the crossbar late on in that match from where I was standing it just looked like it came straight back off the bar but actually just saw the replay the following morning he got a hand to it Sam Long an absolutely unbelievable save he's going to be a huge loss as is Sean Rowan they're both gone back to Lincoln as you said Mark Kennedy the new manager in charge there bringing everybody back in plus as well they're suspended or they've got a suspended duo in Gary Deegan and Luke Heaney so they're going to be missing a little bit of you know Gary Deegan and gives them that kind of ballast in midfield that bit of aggression and Lucchini's probably the closest thing they have to that now and he's out as well so they're going to be very light tonight on bodies uh, as they were last year I think to re- seem to remember going up to Derry and they had only about four or five on the bench so it's going to be a tough one for them Derry will be raring to go after as you said that you know blip in form before the, the mid-season break so it's going to be a, it could be a long evening for for Drada tonight you'd have to fancy Derry to win that one Ah yeah I'm with you there home win banker there for Derry City for sure sorry Drogs fans on to GAA and Sunday the centrepiece uh, for you on Sunday of Sunday Sport the Mead ladies they're in senior championship action well it was a doddle against Monaghan wasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Monaghan only scoring a whole point, a point in the whole the whole game. It really wasn't uh, it wasn't great from their point of view. Mead would have been expected to win that game, but maybe not as qu- quite as comfortably as they as they did. Um, as I said, a, a point in a, an hour of football isn't great from Monaghan's perspective. Going to be much tighter against Armagh on Sunday Armagh beat Donegal in dramatic circumstances uh, after extra time in the Ulster final got a goal with about 90 seconds left in that one from uh, Kelly Mallon she scored 1-8 that day uh, eight, 8 from freeze 8 points from freeze but uh, still obviously very accurate and Amy Mackin is get, as well as the other kind of star player for Armagh they met last year in the quarter final uh, Mead came through that one by 7 points in Clonus and that would have been viewed as a bit of a shock by many people and that was maybe the first sign that Mead were going to go on to do what they did and win in the All-Ireland but it's going to be a close enough game tomorrow a win for Mead would see them through to the quarter final finals two teams go through so it looks like Armagh and Mead will go through from that group but a win would be uh, obviously very welcome from Mead's point of view it's going to be a tight game but I think they'll just about get it done there you go Mead on Sunday join David on Sunday Sport Sunday afternoon the centrepiece of our sports coverage here on LMFM Radio every single week uh, just before we go to golf something I'm uh, remiss of me not, not to mention to you about soccer the World Cup 16 cities between Canada the USA and Mexico next time round after Qatar it's like the European Championships you know what I mean yeah yeah. Like, yeah. And, and I actually saw somebody posting today on, on Twitter that uh, they were looking at the temperatures in Texas this afternoon or yesterday maybe afternoon it was 38 degrees so they were wondering when was the push going to start for a, a mid-season World Cup then as mm. well because obviously mm. that's what we're getting this time around so mm. yeah uh, it's going to be it's going to be an extraordinary one it seems like it's a long way off but it'll come around pretty oh, quickly it'll shoot around quickly and hopefully Stephen Kenny will uh, guide us there and he'll be the man to 
do it. Now let's talk golf. The US Open, they're out again uh, since lunchtime today and we have a new leader. But Adam Hadwin leading overnight the Canadian, four on their par. A clatter of players on three under, including Rory McIlroy, who won last week mm. in Canada. How do you see this one shaping up? Yeah, won last week in Canada, got his little dig in at Greg Norman afterwards as well, <laughs> which did, I think Sky, certain, Sky certainly enjoyed that one. Um, yeah, he was he was good yesterday, but you might have seen it last night. Like He was losing the rag a little bit. He threw his, he threw his club on the fairway. He, he smacked it into the, the sand a couple of times as well after a bunker uh, a bunker shot. So uh, he was a little bit fired up, but like you know, he's right in the mix there. And you look at that leaderboard, McIlroy's the first name that you recognise when you look down through them, and he's on three under. He was just one back, as you said, overnight. Then you've got the likes of Matt Fitzpatrick, Dustin Johnson and Justin Rose, just one back from McIlroy on two under. So a lot of quality in and around the top of that leaderboard, and I would expect that those lesser-known players will fall away over the next kind of round and a half, two rounds, and maybe by Sunday we'll see the cream rising to the top and the likes of DJ and Rory McIlroy. And if Dustin Johnson was to win it, there would be some interesting questions coming oh. his way afterwards, I think. But that's what we that's what we love, isn't it? <laughs> I think it's written in the stars. You know, I've got this feeling that the Rebels are going to lift the championship. And DJ is the one man, you know, he's there. Mm. And I'd say he'll have the bit between his teeth as well. And you know, like, he knows how to win these uh, big tournaments. It'd be... Would, it'd, be, it'd be a finger in the eye for the PGA wouldn't it and, yeah, and the mainstream too it would certainly yeah I mean it's it's hard to know what's going to happen and we saw Brooks Kepka being interviewed the other day and he was he was pretty snarky about the, the live golf as well and he said I'm only here to talk about the US Open but as people may have spotted his brother played in that live tournament last week and the, the suggestion is that Brooks Kepka said well I'll go and play in it if you let my brother because his brother hasn't got any kind of pedigree of anyone of any significance really so it's going to be interesting to see what happens this weekend and you can be sure that if Dustin Johnson does win it that uh, they'll be throwing a few tricky questions his way afterwards but yeah look Rory right in the mix the way he played last week was brilliant if he can carry that on this weekend then who knows and uh, just to mention of the other Irish interest there Seamus Power God you have to admire him like you know he, he's won on the tour he's been knocking at the door he's had a top 10 finish in a major as well one over par Shane Larry two over they're not out of it no either. absolutely not no it's it's very kind of tight and like you said the leader at four under so they're not a million miles away if they can put a, a run together yeah Seamus Power remarkable story came back home to water for a few years ago was going to chuck it in I think and basically the, the locals kind of rallied around as they say and, and got him back on the horse and he's, he's flying it now so yeah look Larry and, pa- and Power are still very much in the mix but uh, I guess if you had to pick one you'd obviously have to go for Rory to, c- yes. to come through there but let's keep our fingers crossed and of course reminding you again this evening two big League of Ireland games Dundalk Shamrock Rovers if you're not going along if you haven't got a ticket if you're listening to us outside the pale uh, it's online with Adrian Taft this evening and David's heading for the Brandywell and Derry to bring you coverage of Derry City Drogheda United it's an away game Drogheda fans tune in here to LMFM Radio online and David will bring you all all the action as it happens. Sunday Sport, Mead Lady Centrepiece. Until next week, David Sheehan, thank you very much for joining us on the show. Thanks, Jerry. That's a lot on Late Lunch for this week. Big thank you to all our guests who joined us through the week. To you, our listeners who join us every single day, we really do appreciate your company. To my producer, Louise Walsh, couldn't do it without her. She's in there cleaning the desk as I speak. She's doing everything. All they need to do is tie a brush. You know where. Anyway, Louise, thanks a million uh, for everything. Uh, that's it for the moment on Late Lunch this week. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio and we'll be back to do it all again Monday from half one. Enjoy the weekend. The sun is on its way. Take care. Bye. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Opal. Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Discover the all-new Opal Mocha featuring Opal's iconic new signature visor, stunning Opal Pure Panel and a choice of petrol, diesel or fully electric. The new Opal Mocha is less normal, more Mocha. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. 
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.